Here we go, here we go. Welcome to Police Pod Talk. Whoop, whoop, it's the police. Don't look in your rearview mirror. This podcast covers the latest police news, along with hitting the hot topics you've been talking about all week. I'm your host, Cleveland. Thank you for joining us. Hey folks, welcome back to Police Pod Talk. And once again, here on Police Pod Talk, we are thanking the essential workers. We want to show our appreciation for all those people out there who are in the health field, who are caring for the sick, who are caring for the elderly. And today on the line, we just happen to have from one of the long-term care uh, nursing facilities here in Fort Wayne, we have Mallory Schoen, who agreed to come on and uh, speak with us. You can say, hey, Mallory, to the people out there. Hi, everyone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they want to make sure they know, they know you're there. I'm Ma- real. I'm real. All righty. Mallory, we're, we're really happy that uh, you agreed to come on today. And the biggest thing we want to do is say thank you. Thank you to you and all the people that work in your area. Because right well, now, it is a tough time for you guys, right? Yes. Yes, it is. And I appreciate the thanks because it's not something that we get every day. It's kind of one of those jobs and things that is kind of sight unseen. So we, we appreciate the thanks. Well, that's that's what we're, we're slowly doing with this whole series that we've decided to put together here on Police Pod Talk. Mallory, if you would kind of let our listeners know, uh, how do you got started in the uh, healthcare field and what are your responsibilities? Go ahead. Well, I got started in the healthcare field right out of college. One of my professors paired me up with a client and she was elderly and we became friends. <laughs> so I uh, asked if there was a job that was something where I could spend my days with the elderly residents, planning activities and, you know, creating a higher quality of life for them while they're not able to be at home when they need to move into a facility. So trying to stimulate them, you know, their mind, their body, you know, with exercise and their spirit through, you know, religious programs. So I've been doing this now for eight or nine years. My official title is uh, in activities or program director at the facility that I work at. So this is something that you kind of accidentally stumbled upon? Absolutely. It was a a complete and total accident. Uh, the, The client that I had that kind of got me rolling in this direction, we had the same ailment and she's 82 and I was 20 at the time. So (laughs) same knee problems, same shoulder problems, all those things. And just sitting and talking with her and getting to know her, I was like learning all these different stories and things about her. And it was super fascinating to me. And it's a great way to learn about the things that I haven't been around for. And then I realized if I could do this for a living, it's like free money, you know, it's not even a job. So (laughs) there you go. That's how that, that all works that way. Yeah. So yeah. in, your, in your eight years of doing this, all of a sudden, this whole pandemic hits. Yes. And I'm sure you've never seen anything like this before. No, we've never seen anything like this. Uh, I, there's only been one time previously in the, the nine years that we've had something where we haven't allowed visitors, but it was for eight days, seven days. And that can occasionally happen when you have, you know, the flu in your building or, you know, like a stomach bug or something like that. But I mean, that was a very rare case as well. And it was eight days and no masks or anything like that had to be worn. We just were trying to keep people out. So it didn't, you know, get anyone else sick, but we've never seen anything uh, like this whole 
COVID going on right now. Right. And as it slowly made its way through the news and into your building, what were the things that you were first starting to see, you and your staff? I think the first thing that we really started to notice and see was just the unsure. You know, you could see people be very unsure and nervous, not knowing you know, all of the information, all of the facts and things changing on a day-to-day basis and having, you know, new policies and new procedures being implemented on a daily, if not hourly basis. Hey, we found out there's something new. So now we need to change what we're doing and try this instead. So I think just the un- unsure, uncharted waters and, and not knowing what it is that you're going to walk into next, because when the staff is unsure, because, you know, we don't know, we're all learning. The residents can sense that and see that well, we don't really know, but we're trying our best. So they want answers, but we're not able to give them those answers. Right. Now that they start having you guys uh, wear protective gear, gown up and uh, be prepared for the worst, or what did they start doing? Uh, we all started out with wearing masks, but we didn't really have enough masks for everyone to wear. So, you know, we, we use masks sometimes, but it's when someone's on like a droplet precaution or, you know, very rarely do we use masks in that facility. So we didn't really have enough to be changing out on as frequent as a basis for as many employees that we have. So it was really awesome. There's a lot of nearby churches that donated us hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cloth masks for us to wear. So that was great. Every day we were just getting donations. And so that's what we started out. Uh, wearing were cloth masks and I would say about three and a half weeks ago though we uh, were mandated to wear uh, surgical masks if you were you know an activities director in that department or if you were in housekeeping you know no one that was direct care but uh, those who are actual direct care our aides and our nurses have been now required to wear the N95 masks. Okay so as this thing started Were you guys going about your daily activities? People were going and doing things or was it a complete lockdown? We were still going about things. Um, So in wearing those masks, we were, you know, asking questionnaires. We were still having entertainers and those kind of people come in for about a week. And then all of a sudden, I remember one day we got a media emergency meeting and we had to ask all family to leave. Right then and there, it was like, two o'clock in the afternoon, three o'clock in the afternoon. And we had to say, Hey, I need you to finish your visit with your loved one now and exit the building. And that was where it all started. And no one's been back in since. <laughs> did, did you even have a clue of why you were telling these people to leave? We were told, you know, because of this virus and we, we want to take, you know, precautions and we want to take the necessary steps. Um, everything that we've been doing and all the guidelines we've been following has been handed down to us through the CDC, through the Indiana State Board of Health. So it's not just our company making these policies. It, you know, the people that are above us making those and then us incorporating them into our daily right. policies and procedures. Right. So. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, Don't make no, me we stop just, you. We just, we just didn't, we, we didn't really know much. We just knew we can't have people in here. We don't know what this virus is going to do. And, and honestly, uh, when it first all came out, I was supposed to go to Europe for 10 days. I was going to go to Brussels and Rome and five days before my trip, it all got canceled because Italy was, was closed down. So then all of a sudden it started trickling here into the U.S. and you didn't know whether to say, ah, it's a bunch of nothing or, oh my goodness, this can wipe out an entire generation. Right. Now, when did it start affecting the staff and the residents? Uh, I would say 
basically immediately. I mean, when families can't come in to see their loved ones, you know, we are doing window visits, we are doing FaceTimes, we're doing the Facebook FaceTiming, you know, we have all these different forms of communication, which is great with technology. But as soon as they lost that physical contact with their loved ones, and you know, not being able to give them a hug or to to talk to them, you know, on a daily basis, we had some loved ones who spent all day there with their with their with their family member. The residents' demeanors and stuff you could see started to change um, as far as, you know, maybe they weren't eating and drinking as much mm-hmm. or maybe they didn't feel as active and didn't want to come out to the activities that they usually want to attend mm-hmm. or just like those little different, maybe they would have some behaviors, you know, maybe they would refuse to go to the dining room or refuse to shower or just those different things because now their daily routine's thrown off and they're not getting to see those people that you know, they care for and, and love most. Right. So it wasn't so much about them getting sick. It was about that their life had changed all of a sudden. Yes. And they weren't exactly sure why. And we couldn't tell them why, because we weren't really knowing why. We could tell them it's a virus and this and that. But when you're dealing with residents who have Alzheimer's and dementia and those, you know, different things, you're telling them the same thing every five minutes. Right. Or you're telling the same thing every, you know, 30 seconds. Well, why can't they be here? You know, so to keep reinforcing that and telling them, and, and then also there's a virus, a virus is coming to, to kill it. You know, yeah. they, they can't process that information. So how do you be delicate in telling them that with also trying to be as truthful as you can? We know that after a while, the residents started to get sick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, how did that take a toll on your uh, residents? I mean, I'm, I'm I know it took a toll on them, but did it like um, go through real fast or did it take one at a time? What was it doing? Well, I can actually brag about this because our building is COVID free. There you go. We throughout this entire time have not had a single positive resident case. We have worked very hard every day, sanitizing multiple times throughout the day, taking extra cleaning precautions. And our we've had uh, one staff member that was it test positive um, out of, you know, couple hundred staff. So I take great pride in knowing that we've done a really good job making sure we're wearing the proper gear, making sure that we're sanitizing properly. And and we've really done a good job, you know, staying home and staying, making sure we're social distancing to keep our residents safe. So we are very blessed to not have gone through um, a building Mm -hmm. that has gone uh, COVID positive. Uh, However, I do have friends in healthcare who have worked in other long-term care facilities and it's, um, pretty devastating. It's just a matter of days. You know, you go from one to 50 some in a matter of less than a week and, you know, residents then from there are passing away quite quickly. And Mm -hmm. it's, um, my friends have expressed that it is very, been very difficult, you know, to see that happen. And, you know, then their loved ones, you know, aren't there with them. You know, they cut, they can come in, you know, in the final hours. Uh, but it's just a different experience and it's, you know, nothing that you would ever really want to see. Right. So you've already answered the one question because I was going to say that any of your staff get sick and you said you only have one person, right? Just one. I do believe, though, she might have came back a false positive or a false positive, I believe. Yeah. But we did. Um, one of the things that the state of Indiana has required is everyone who works in a long-term care facility must be tested by the end of this month. So by today, everyone had to be tested. So my entire building got tested two weeks ago and we all came back negative. So you found out the results right away? Uh, we had about five days. We got tested on a Wednesday and I found out late Saturday night. So a little less less than five days. Oh, that in itself can be nerve wracking. 
Yes, yes. And I don't know if you've had a test, but let me tell you, there's many more pleasant things in this world than that. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. How many residents do you have in your building? We have 133, I think, of as today. And have you lost any employees saying, I don't want to come to work because I don't want to get this? Not to my knowledge, we haven't. I think people are under the understanding that no matter where you go, you're going to run that same risk. So you might as well stay in a building that you're comfortable with, where you can trust your coworkers, where you know that you can work with someone as a team. And you already know those policies and procedures, you know, going into what kind of precautions we're taking care of to take care of you and the employees and the mm-hmm. residents. So when you mentioned that some of your friends are going through uh, really bad times at their building, yes. are, are they having the same number of staff or are they losing staff members? You lose staff members temporarily uh, because if you are COVID positive, you cannot come to work. So, you know, that leaves you, you know, uniquely staffed, to put it that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, you're out for 14 days and until you, depending on what your company's policies are, but ours is you stay out for 14 days and you have to then test negative twice. So that's, that's quite a long time to, you know, if you're missing half your staff, it can take a toll on you. Because we were, we were hearing that some of the staff was just up and quitting, saying they don't even want to take a chance. We've, we have heard of that in other buildings. I've heard of that in some of the other buildings. As soon as they heard that, you know, it went positive, people went and quit. So we, what we've tried to do is be very transparent with our employees to let them know, hey, if this is what happens, this is what we're going to do. We've done a couple practice drills where if we did have a resident test positive, how we would take them from our green zones into our red zones, which is would be where we would put a patient who is COVID positive. So we've ran tests, we've done those kind of things to try to make them feel as comfortable as positive. So if that were to ever happen, we could hopefully in theory avoid any staff members feeling uncomfortable enough to where they want to quit. Now we're talking about being at work. Tell us how is it when you go home? I mean, you're leaving a building, you know, it's been sanitized you, and all those mm-hmm. good things. You still have to go home. What mm-hmm. rit- what new ritual do you have to go through now? I would say when we were all kind of on that lockdown, it was tough because, you know, you come home and you, you don't have your friends to talk with about the different things. You don't have your family to see. You don't have those, you know, to blow off your steam or to talk about those things that you've seen for the day. So So that's definitely uh, was challenging. You know, they recommend that when you go home, you know, take off all your clothes right away, wash them, get into the shower before you do anything else. You want to make sure that you, you know, you wash well and, you know, eliminate any possibility of, of having COVID, you know, transmitting it from, you know, work to home, or if you went to the grocery and home. So kind of taking those extra steps and cleaning and sanitizing at home as well. I personally tried to make sure that I didn't leave or go anywhere for a very long time because my thought is I'm here to take care of someone's loved ones and it's not fair if I'm out and I'm doing something that could potentially put someone else's loved one at risk. You know, just trying to be very cautious and aware and wearing a mask out when I'm at the grocery or or those kind of things. So So you're following all the guidelines to keep yourself and anyone else uh, safe. Yes, yes, to the best um, the best of my ability that I can. And you have no problem doing that? I don't have a problem doing it. I, I Now, where we're kind of letting things be open and, and come back out, I can say that I've been a little bit more lax as far as when, when I've gone out and done those things. You know, I have gone out to dinner. I have, have done those things, but I always carry sanitizer with me. I make sure that, you know, I'm social distancing. I'm not hugging people when I see them. So still trying to take in 
some precautions, you know, avoiding going to super busy places, right. uh, you know, not walking around the mall or doing anything like that. Cause in the back of my head, I'm still thinking I'm taking care of someone's loved one and, and I don't want to be the reason why, you know, maybe they would get sick. Right. You've been, yes. you've been doing this for a long time. Your whole life has been turned around for quite yes. some time. Yes. Where do you see this ending? Do you see an ending? You know, that's a great question. I, I think we're to the point now of where personally, I, I feel like I, we're ready to, to let visits happen, uh, you know, inside the, inside the facility. So what we have actually done now for the last couple of weeks is we have opened up outdoor visits. So we have created a calendar, scheduled appointments. We've rented tents, you know, outside tents, and we've made it a nice, you know, tables and snacks and beverages and all those kind of things for families to visit their loved ones outdoors. Still trying to keep that six foot distance. You know, both parties are wearing masks. We're sanitizing. We're temping. We're having them fill out questionnaires. But we have been able for them to visit you know, with their loved ones without a, a glass wall between them or, you know, not phone to phone. Mm-hmm. So that's been super exciting because it's great to see them, see their loved one and smile and they're happy and their change of demeanor and mood and it makes you realize these residents have really been missing their families. Oh, yeah. um, so we're, we're one step closer to letting them into our buildings and being able to bring it back to, I guess, what you want to call quote unquote normal when that's going to happen, I, I would love for it to be within the next month. Um, my only fear is, you know, I guess there's a second wave starting to happen when you watch the news. But, you know, we are here in a couple months going to be getting back into cold and flu season. And that makes me wonder, you know, do we open up and then something else happens? You know, you just don't really, you just don't really know. But you have to weigh the risk of is getting a virus or is, you know, having a broken heart from not seeing your loved ones, which one's worse? I get pulled on my heartstrings and, and I just, I just want my families to be able to see their loved ones, you know, but we obviously have to wait until it's safe enough to do so. Since you're in the healthcare field, Mm -hmm. do you guys hear that there's possibly going to be a vaccine or anything along those lines? Nope. Uh, Not, not to that we've heard of. Like I said, we have, we get daily communication on what it is that, you know, we can possibly look forward to in the future. and, And we haven't, haven't heard anything really along those lines. Let, so, okay. Again, you're dealing with this a lot. Mm-hmm. You got other people's uh, ki- uh, health on uh, mm-hmm. in your mind. You're worried mm-hmm. about them. How do you handle all this stress? What What do you do? <laughs> That's a great question. Again, uh, it, what I've really found is I read a lot. I've been preparing for basketball season, hopefully, in the hopes that we'll open up. So you know starting thinking about practice drills and plans and like that, just looking towards the future, you know, luckily the weather's been nice. So spending a lot of time outside sunbathing, uh, getting some vitamin D that always makes you feel a little bit better. But I guess most importantly is, is being able to talk about it with friends who are also in the healthcare field, because if you're not, you don't really understand, you know, a lot of people who are not in the healthcare field kind of want to say that this whole thing is bogus and that they're mad that it ever even happened. Well, that's fine. You know, or they want to say that the virus isn't real. Oh, that's okay. We're all allowed to have our opinions. But when we get to talk and share those things that we've seen, you know, whether my friends who are in the hospital or who are in other long-term care facilities, we can say, you know, this is what I saw today and this is how it made me feel. And, uh, you know, I'm express what that's like. 
especially what's been nice is due to all the policies and procedures that have been changing as far as the activities that I'm allowed to run, being able to reach out to my friends in other long-term care facilities to get an idea of what it is that they're doing to still engage our residents, but do so now on a one-on-one basis. So when it all had started, we were doing, you know, group activities like usual. Then they knocked us down to, you know, only 10 at a time. Well, my activities room with a six foot social distancing can only hold eight residents. Right. So, so what can I do with eight residents, you know? So that kind of took away your karate class. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) No, no no kicking in here. No, no. So, so, you know, then you can't have that music, those music and performers in. So that's what they love and they live for. So how can I recreate that? You don't want me singing. Um, You know, so how can I provide those kind of things? And and then it even kicked up a, a notch more when, you know, we had to no more group activities, none period. Everything has to be done on a one-on-one basis. Wow. Well, how do I, how can I serve 33 residents with myself and two activity staff members that are there from eight to four thirty. How do we get to see everyone and spend time with everyone, you know, and give them that engagement that they need when we don't get to do it in a group setting. So that's been a challenging part and it's been nice to be able to reach out to friends and, you know, say, Hey, what creative things have you, have you come up with just recently Monday, yesterday was tropical getaway day. So I, I made a cart full of snacks and uh we made some tropical tea um i had some almond joys uh and then we had i made a sushi but it was rice krispie treats with a swedish fish on top wrapped in a fruit by the foot so it looked like sushi you know so try to come up with these and you know do trivia and different things like that we did a a circus parade where uh i bought 10 you know, you know, those big blow up costumes, like the T-Rexes and the oh, unicorns yeah. and all those. So I bought 10 of those and had 10 staff members get in them. And we paraded to every room while playing music and the smiles that they got made it all worth it. You know, so <laughs> so trying to, you know, not only, you know, have that stress relief at home, but also, you know, to be able to do something fun like that at work for the employees and for the residents really helps with all of the overwhelming things that we've been dealing with every day. So you got to be creative. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, we we are very creative. We've done, um, oh, we did Prices Right the other day where they had to pick higher or lower. And depending on how many of those they got right, they got that many Plinko chips. And then when they dropped the Plinko chips, depending on, you know, how many points they got, that was the prize level that they got to choose. Mm-hmm. And a uh, grand prize was, you know, you could get a personal pan pizza from Pizza Hut or like a Big Mac meal or just something like that, that they're like, oh, I can win that, you know, and it's really engaging and, and they enjoy those kind of things. Right. Now, I know this has kind of put a cramp in your style because you're used to taking them out on like group outings. Absolutely. I've, yeah, I've seen you at the food trucks. I've seen you yeah. at different <laughs> activities downtown. And mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. usually got a group of people with you. So yes, that kind of limits that for you. Absolutely. We cannot, we haven't left the building um, since the second week of March, first week of March. And, you know, that's their, they like to go to Walmart. They like to buy some food and some snacks. They like to buy their clothing, you know, get those shampoo supplies, get the toiletries. You know, they like to buy little knickknacks or, you know, even as simple as we just had Mother's Day and Father's Day. They can't go out and purchase things that they want to send to their kids. I think our last outing we might have done was to the firefighters museum. But, you know, we had things scheduled like going to the mall and going out to lunches. And, yeah, they haven't been able to do that. So what's pretty cool is uh, a lot of our staff, 
you know, we'll take a shopping list and they'll, the residents will say, I need this, this, and this. And they'll take five or six residents shopping lists and go to the store and pick things up on their own time for these residents that are in need. Or, man, I'm really, I'm really craving a, a blizzard. You know, they'll come into work the next day and have a blizzard for the resident or, Oh gosh, what I would do for some donuts, you know? (laughs) So it's really cool to see these staff members use their own time, their own money to, to get these residents the things that it is that they you know, desire and crave because it's been a couple months. Now, you said something earlier that you're preparing for uh, upcoming basketball season because you're a yes. basketball coach yes. here at, at one of the high schools. Yes. Now, with all of this stuff going on, and I don't want to put this thought in your mind, but do you think maybe because, I mean, you're young, you're healthy, you're active, mm-hmm. that you may end up carrying something from there to some of your players? Yes, and vice versa, from my players to, to my residents. Absolutely. So what they we've also had to take precautions with uh, practice. You know, we're going to be starting uh, whenever we start. I don't even know when we're starting. But when we do, I know that we have to wear masks. We have to temp. We have to ask questions. So we're taking those those same precautions, you know, doing everything in small groups, keeping that social distance, allowing only so many players to practice. So they're trying their best best as well. But yes, hoping that I can do a good job of sanitizing, keeping my distance, and being able to keep both parties, you know, healthy and safe. Let our listeners know, what would you really like for people on the outside to be able to do for you and your residents there? If you could say, I would like people to do this, what would it be? I think two things. One would be to pray for the residents, for their family members, and for the staff. Because I think prayer can go a long way. And I think that that can just keeping them in your thoughts, um, just, you know, hoping that this can all be kind of wrapped up and everyone can be united together here soon. I think that would be number one. Um, And the second thing would to be just be mindful of, you know, your actions and things that you're doing when you are out and about and taking those, you know, sanitizing and, you know, just trying to do your part, making sure that we don't have a second wave of covid because the longer that this goes on, the longer that these residents and these families, you know, are not going to be able to, you know, have those hugs and have that being reunited like that. You tell our listeners, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, do you think one day this is going to come to an end, they're going to find a virus, or do you think we're going to hit another wave that's going to drag us all the way through winter time? What do you see coming up? I think we're going to find a virus. I don't think it's going to happen before this winter. I think it's going to be a while. I think it'll be something kind of similar to the flu. But yes, I am I am nervous for, uh, I don't think like the economy and those kind of things would close down again if we were to get a big second wave. But I do think that those nursing homes will be the first thing, first thing to close. And we've done it once and we've been successful. So I think maybe the mindset is why not do it again? And that's where I just get very nervous. I see both sides of the coin. Yes, we need to close down to do that. But at what cost? At what cost is that to the resident's health, mental and physical health of not being able to be there with their loved ones? But I'm hoping that within a year, you know, there's a way to be able to find a vaccine, vaccine and be able to, you know, kind of treat this like how we treat the flu. You know, hey, if you're not feeling well, just stay home. But everyone else, you're welcome to come. I, I will tell you one thing I'm looking forward to most is never having to wear a mask again. <laughs> uh, if that thing isn't the most, it's, it's awful. 
I mean, you're used to it by now, but I mean, when you think about wearing a mask, all you can see are your eyes. So these residents who can't really see that well or can't really hear that well, now my my mouth is and my voice is distorted and it's muffled. Now, granted, I can talk really loud, but some people can't, you know, and some people we have a, a gentleman who's deaf at my work, so he needs to read lips. Well, you can't read my lips. I'm wearing a mask. Hmm. So. I, that will be a huge step when we can remove that because a smile on someone's face can do so much right. for, for those residents. And to, to not have that for now since March is quite a long time. How long do you think you can hold on if you have to be locked down longer? If all of a sudden we go backwards, how mm-hmm. much do we have in Mallory? I mean, we know you're, <laughs> you're full of energy, but how much do you have left in you? I was actually just thinking about that the other day. I think personally, I'm about spent. I'm where I, I'm, I'm ready for it to be done. And I've, I've about had enough of it, but where I try to find that push to keep going to work and to keep putting up with all these policies and changes and seeing, you know, what my residents are going through, I'm going to do it for them. I'm going to do it for my residents because if I don't, And if I'm not there and if I'm not planning those things for them and if I'm not, you know, trying to enrich their lives, who's going to do it? So that has to be my motivation and my drive. But I tell you, man, we go six more months of this. (laughs) I'm going to be in the loony bin probably. (laughs) Well, yeah, we want you to clear up a rumor I heard that uh, you were possibly going to be starting a business that had something to do with cats. Yes, yes. (laughs) Uh, Go ahead and tell been, us about I guess that. that's been a stress reliever, you know, kind of for me. Um, one of uh, a girl that I work with um, at my work, we want to start a business. We were working one morning because we have had some really crazy hours due to all of this. And we're kind of sitting there and we're thinking, we're like, you know what, we, we got to figure this out. So what we're what we're wanting to do is create a cat cafe here in Fort Wayne. So I know I'm a cat lover. But we want to be able to like serve handcrafted cocktails, you know, and handcrafted coffee where we can also provide an opportunity to snuggle with cats and kittens. Because let me tell you, a good snuggle from a kitten will really put you in a good mood. So there are um, there are other businesses like this that are in Kokomo and some other places, but there's nothing really like that here in Fort Wayne. So that's something that we're looking into doing. Um, and we would love to partner with, you know, the SPCA or the Animal Care Control to where, you know, we can adopt, you know, and help with shelters and things like that, find good homes for kittens and cats. And then uh, we also want to try to make it a bit of a, in a food truck sense, you know, where we could be on the travel, on the go, on the move and, you know, create an area where we do serve, you know, beverages, but also where we, you know, have a spot where you can come in and and snuggle and play with kittens and cats. So (laughs) that is our goal. That is our dream. And we've been working on it and it's been pretty fun so far. You know, we thought up, we've got some names, we've um, got some logo ideas, we've got some cocktail creations and some coffee creations and um, definitely merchandise. You can never have enough cat merchandise. So <laughs> we, <laughs> we are, we're looking forward to it. <laughs> well, I heard that and I was just wondering, is it up and running yet? Or, you know? It's not up and running yet. It's okay. um, actually a lot more difficult of an idea than, than you would think, you know, trying to put animals in food and the... <laughs> Same area. You don't want to, can I have a coffee hold the cat hair? So 
that's that's what we're working on but we've reached out to some people to help us and kind of steer us in that direction to see if we can can make it successful okay well we gave you a chance to put a plug in for your business before it even starts see that's what that was (laughs) all about absolutely (laughs) yes so if anyone who's listening has an interest in a cat cafe let us know (laughs) oh my goodness I like the cafe. I, I'm not a cat lover, okay? I'm sorry. I got to tell you that. I, I Cleveland, I know you'll be there on the grand opening. Oh, for I know you. You'll be there. Oh, yeah. For you, I will be there. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mallory, again, we always appreciate what you do. We really appreciate you guys at this time because we know how difficult this entire time is for you, your staff, and also the residents and, and their families uh, during this time. So we want to always reach out and say thank you. Oh, one final question. Yes. People have been showing you guys thanks. Uh, give mm-hmm. give our listeners some kind of an idea of what have people been doing for you and your staff to say thank you from the outside. Um, yeah, we've had we've had people, churches, daycares, schools send in cards and thank you letters. We've had family members, you know, of loved ones send us pizza or donuts, cookie cottage cookies. They we recently uh, were able to have a in a ice cream truck come out where we could go out, you know, a couple at a time and, and just get a nice little sweet treat like that. Thanks to, you know, our company allowing us to, you know, have a little minute of reprieve. <laughs> um, but uh, our family, our families have done a lot for us. You know, a lot of they're just grateful and they're so thankful that we've kept their loved ones safe so far, you know, being virus free in our building. So they've, they've done things like that. And even just a simple, Thank you. You know, when we talk to them on the phones or when people call in, I have entertainers call in, you know, every week. Hey, can we come back in? Hey, can we come back in? And you tell them, no, not yet. <laughs> and just hearing their kind words of, well, keep it up. You've got this. Mm-hmm. You know, I know it's difficult. I know it's hard, but, you know, you're doing a good thing and, and just, you know, hanging there a little longer. So even just the kind words, but hey, I'll never say no to cookies. Uh, <laughs> they, um, they, uh, that's been been a nice support and it's been a, a good show up of gratitude that people see you know we are working hard and we are trying our best yeah yeah i'm sure i'm i know knowing you i know you are there's no doubt in my <laughs> mind <laughs> mallory shown we do appreciate you and all your staff again make sure you tell them we we're praying for you guys and we're keeping you guys in our thoughts because we know it's tough absolutely uh, absolutely i will okay mallory shown she's with a She's with a long-term care nursing home and rehab here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and she's doing her best to keep uh, residents safe for their families and keeping our staff safe so they can keep working hard for the residents. I mean, so yes. there's a circle thing there. <laughs> so, a whole big circle, yes. <laughs> and we also wish you well when your basketball season comes up, and hopefully you guys can get started and even have a season, the craziest yes. things are right now. Yes, fingers crossed. Yes. Okay. Mallory, thank you very much. And for our listeners, we will catch you again next week on Police Pod Talk. Thanks again for hanging out with us. Remember, you can always go to policepodtalk at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook at Cleveland Junior or Police Pod Talk. Thanks again. We'll see you next week.